Good evening. My name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta, and I'll be your host tonight for this telephone town hall. Tonight, I am joined by Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Peter Tufik, Officer in Charge of the Community Safety and Wellbeing Branch with the Alberta RCMP, Darcy Garchinski, Public Health Director for the Edmonton Zone with Alberta Health Services, and Kathy Keough, Director of Counseling Initiatives with Counseling Alberta, and Robin Bell from Elections Alberta. In addition, I'm supported tonight with colleagues from departments across the government of Alberta, including the Department of Health, Education, Indigenous Relations, Jobs, Economy and Northern Development, Municipal Affairs, Agriculture and Irrigation, Environment and Protected Areas, Mental Health and Addiction, and Seniors, Community and Social Services. Before we hear from our speaker this evening, let me start by explaining how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans who have been impacted by wildfires have been, are connecting to this call, and we will soon have a chance to hear your questions. You can get in line to ask a question right now or any time during the call by pressing star three, and you'll be routed to an operator who will ask for your name and your community. We ask that you try to keep your questions brief as there are many people in this call tonight. Also, to ensure that our speakers can answer as many questions as possible, I will read each one out loud. Now, I would like to welcome Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please share a few opening remarks. Bree, please go ahead. Thanks, Sarah. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for tonight's telephone town hall. We know this is a very difficult time and I hope this platform helps you get the information you need. Tonight, I'm joined by representatives from across the Alberta government, the RCMP and the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Before we get to your questions, I'll start with a couple of reminders about resources available to you. We encourage everyone who has evacuated to register with your local authority or online with the Alberta government at emergencyregistration.alberta.ca. Registering makes it easier to connect you with resources and provide you with updates on your community. We recognize this is incredibly difficult and financial help is available. You're eligible for an emergency evacuation payment if you've had to leave your primary residence for seven days or more due to an evacuation order. These one-time payments can help ease the cost of being away from home and pay for accommodations, food, and other necessities. Applying online at alberta.ca slash emergency is the best way to get these payments with funds sent by e-transfer within 24 hours. However, if you are unable to receive an e-transfer, you can visit one of 15 Alberta Supports offices to get a prepaid debit card. If you need additional emergency support, you can also call 310-4455, which is staffed 24-7. I encourage all evacuees who are eligible to apply for evacuation payments as soon as possible. We've seen good progress in the fight against the wildfire thanks to the recent precipitation and improved weather that has boosted the tremendous efforts of firefighters. We're thankful that Albertans are paying attention to restrictions and guidelines, so let's keep up the good work. 
Over the past couple of days, more communities have been able to return home and others are preparing for re-entry. It is encouraging to see res residents coming home. If you are among those who are returning, please closely follow your local authorities' re-entry instructions to make sure the process goes smoothly. There is also helpful information on alberta.ca slash emergency for how to re-enter safely. It is crucial to remember that many residents who are returning home may continue to be on an evacuation alert. This means resi residents should still have a bag packed and a plan in place for evacuating again, should it be necessary. We know people who have been evacuated are eager to return home, but it's very important to listen to instructions from your local officials and wait for their direction. So please stay informed by paying attention to trusted and verified information sources. Anyone who needs to travel, whether because of the evacuations or for other reasons, should check 511 for information on road conditions and closures and be cautious in areas where visibility is poor. And please stay safe. I want to allow as much time as possible for your questions, so let's get to them. Back to you, Sarah. Thanks very much, Bree. And for those of you just joining us, my name is Sarah Morant, and I am the host for tonight's Telephone Town Hall. And joining me this evening are Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Peter Tufik, Officer in Charge of Community Safety and Well-Being with the R Alberta RCMP, Darcy Garchinski with Alberta Health Services, Kathy Kehoe, Director of Counseling Initiatives with Counseling Alberta, and Robin Bell from Elections Alberta. In addition, I am supported tonight by colleagues from dep many departments across the government of Alberta, including the Department of Health, Education, Indigenous Relations, Jobs, Economy, and Northern Development, Municipal Affairs, Agriculture and Irrigation, Environment and Protected Areas, Mental Health and Addiction, and Seniors, Community, and Social Services. Tonight, we are talking about the changing wildfire situation with members of communities who've been affected. And if you have a question right now or any time for any of the experts participating tonight, you can ask a question by pressing star three on your phone. And for those of you listening online, by simply entering the question into the online portal. Now, I'd like to get started with our first question of the evening, which was submitted online from Scott. And Scott says, I was evacuated for seven days, but I did not apply. I'm now re-entering but struggling financially. Can I still apply even though I'm back home now? So I'll ask my colleague, Brad Geddes, with Seniors, Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Thank you very much, Sarah. Um, yes, you can still apply. The deadline uh, will be continued to be posted on the website, alberta.ca slash emergency. You can apply either uh, online uh, through that website, or you can continue to apply in person at an Alberta Supports Office. I would also like to share um, with documentation, uh, given that registry offices are now open in a number of communities in Northern Alberta, including those communities that have returned, um, that's a really good way for you to update your license 
or demonstrate uh, your residence uh, now that you can return home. So thank you very much for the question. There is a deadline of 30 days from the date that the evacuation order was lifted. Uh, so yes, you, you still have time to apply. Great question, thank you. Thanks, Brad. Our next question is submitted from Timothy, who's listening online. And Timothy says, if a fire spread and my community evacuates, how will schools be effective? So I'll ask my colleague, Kindy Joseph, with the Department of Education to please go ahead. Thank you, Timothy, for your question. Um, what I can share at this time is that, uh, as you know, schools have been evacuated um, in various communities at different times during the wildfire response. Uh, the Department of Education has been working very closely with school authorities to assess the situation and determine any actions that are required, including um, evacuations or closures of schools. Um, your school will advise you on a school closure or a reopening, as the case may be. Uh, the best source of information if you are evacuated is your school, and I would suggest that you use the uh, regular means of communication that you have with your school, such as email, website, um, Facebook, or others. Um, and that would be the best source of information with respect to whether or not a school is closed and the status of the school closure if there is an evacuation. I hope that answers your question, Timothy. Thank you. Thanks for that, Kindy. Our next question is submitted from Sarah, and she's listening online. Sarah says, how do evacuees vote in the advanced polls? So I'll ask Robin Bell with Elections Alberta to please go ahead. Thanks, Sarah, and that's a great question. So our advanced voting locations remain open until Saturday, May 27th at 8 p.m. And all of our advanced voting locations are equipped with the Vote Anywhere service. Uh, so that means that you can vote at any polling station in Alberta. Uh, between now and Saturday, May 27th. We have also set up some mobile voting stations in communities, or sorry, for communities who have been affected by wildfires. And many of those are in uh, the evacuation centers. Uh, so if you visit our website, you can find advanced voting locations at map.elections.ab.ca. And on the page labeled voting information for electors displaced by emergency or disaster. Uh, that's where you'll find the information uh, for the mobile voting stations that have been set up specifically for evacuees. Thanks, Robin. And if you are just joining us and you would like to participate in the conversation by asking a question, you can do so by pressing star three right now or at any time. And for those listening online, you can simply submit a question into the online portal at any time. The next question comes from Chuck in Evansburg. And Chuck says, we were told that we could go through our household insurance to recoup expenses while evacuated. Our insurance company is telling us that we need to pay a $250 deductible. What is the ruling on this? So I'll ask Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. Hi, Chuck, and thank you for the question. There is no ruling on this because everyone's insurance policy is a little bit different. So an insurance policy is a contract that has terms, conditions, limits, and commonly a deductible. 
and a, a deductible typically applies to a claim, but in some circumstances, it may not apply to certain portions of coverage like food spoilage or additional living expenses. I would encourage you to take a look online, look up your insurance company, and they, every insurance company has complaints process outlined on their website. It'll give a phone number or an email, and you can reach out to their complaints liaison person and ask why your deductible is applying to try to get a better understanding of the policy that you have. Alternatively, if you can't find the information for your insurance company, I'll encourage you to reach out to us at IBC. You can reach us by email at askibcwest at ibc.ca. Thanks for the question, Chuck. Thanks for that, Rob. Our next question comes from a listener who is online and they ask, what is the status of the fire in Fox Lake? So I'll ask my colleague, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Good evening. Uh, the fire in Fox Lake is still technically classified as out of control. Uh, it is 73,936 hectares in size. And we have, um, like many uh, fires in the province, we have seen lower fire behavior in the morning, uh, becoming more moderate a little bit later in the day as it warms up. Uh, but that low fire behavior in the morning is, is good for firefighters. They're able to, uh, to gain a lot of ground. Um, they're working right now on, on containing the fire to the south side of the Peace River and minimize uh, any further structure loss in the community. They're working on the eastern boundary to protect Garden River and access to that community. So no major change uh, on that. Uh, wildfire crews are being supported uh, by helicopters with buckets, and they're continuing to build the fire guard uh, around to, to protect as much of the community as they can. Thanks for that, Christy. Our next question is submitted from Marty in Evansburg. And Marty wants to know why were the evacuations so difficult um, and uh, specifically in Yellowhead County? So I'll ask Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. Hi, Marty, and I'm sorry to hear it sounds like you had a difficult time getting out of your community. So uh, I don't have specific information. I haven't heard about issues with the County of Yellowhead, but what I would suggest is number one, um, doing evacuation orders in municipalities is incredibly difficult to do. When we get to that point of working with local authorities to issue evacuation orders, there's a number of factors, understanding we're forcing people out of their homes in order to protect their safety. So sometimes it can be a little challenging making that decision. Um, and then there, there can be challenges depending on which way they're going to communicate that decision. So I think what, I haven't heard any specific issues. So if there's something else that's going on, I'm happy to look into that and see what happens. But we do rely on the communities and local authorities to issue those orders. Um, it's, it's up to them to decide when it needs to happen based on the safety of the community and, and what's going on for the threat to happen. Um, so like I said, I don't have any specific info on that, but it is it can be quite a complex decision to make and, and at odd hours of the day and night sometimes to pull people together quickly to uh, assist people to leave safely as possible. Um, I, I would suggest if you have 
um, concerns you would like to be looked into that you can uh, connect in with uh, 310-4455 to provide some information and, and we'll get back to you on that. So thank you so much, Marty. Thanks very much, Bree. And just a reminder for all of our listeners, if you want to join the conversation by asking a question, you can do so by pressing star three and one of our operators will put you into the queue. And for those listening online, you can just enter a question into the online portal at any time. Our next question is from Suzette in Swan Hills and Suzette would like to know, when will the freeze for housing insurance be lifted? We're trying to purchase a new house, but we can't complete the purchase because of the freeze on insurance. So I'll ask Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. Hi, Suzette. I can understand that you would be a bit frustrated. Buying a house should be a very positive experience and now you're seeing some delays. During wildfires, insurance companies commonly initiate temporary limitations or restrictions on the sale of new insurance policies in areas where the wildfires are potentially threatening these communities. These restrictions are temporary, so they ease as the threat near the community eases. One thing to keep in mind is different insurance companies have different limitations or restrictions for the areas and look at the threats a bit differently for different radiuses from the actual wildfire. So you can shop around, you can call around to a few different insurance companies and see if there is anyone available that might be able to help you out. The other one is just asking your existing broker or agent if there are any other options, if they know of any other options that they might be able to do. And if you have an existing insurance policy already, you might be able to add this home onto your existing policy instead of trying to secure a new insurance policy with a different provider. We do have a few other tips and information specifically on buying a house during a wildfire situation. That information can be found on our website at ibc.ca. You can search for wildfire and there's a number of documents and resources and information that will be able to help you. I hope things work out and I hope you're able to get insurance for your new home soon, soon. Suzette. Thanks for that, Rob. The next question comes from Leah in Valley View and Leah says, I'm getting conflicting answers about if I can go home or not. The MD said don't go home, but the 310-4455 number said we can go home. Who do I listen to? Who has the authority? So I'll ask my colleague Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. Hi, Leah. And I know this is really difficult sometimes to know where to go for the correct information. So evacuation orders are under the authority and control of your local authorities who here, um, I believe you probably live in the MD of Greenview if you're in Valley View. And what I can tell you is there is still a small portion of the MD of Greenview that is under evacuation order. So um, um, your, your municipality in an effort to ensure that 
the smallest number of people are on evacuation order as possible so people can stay home has adapted these orders quite a bit. So sometimes I would say perhaps maybe the 310-4455 might not have had the most up-to-date info. And you're totally correct to go to your municipal district first because they are the ones that have the authority over the order, have full awareness of what's going on in your community. So if they're telling you it's still not safe to go home, you might be unfortunately in that small section that still has some um, issues with that fire complex that's closer there. So hopefully you'll be able to go home soon, but as I said, please rely on your local authority. They'll be able to provide you the best information possible. Thanks for that, Bree. Our next question is submitted from Henry, who's listening online. And Henry says, if my community is evacuated on election day, how will I vote? So I'll ask Robin Bell with Elections Alberta to please go ahead. Thanks, Henry, for your question. Uh, so if communities are evacuated after advanced voting days have ended, we would first look to set up alternate locations that you could vote at. If we can't do that, for example, in your scenario, if you were evacuated on election day, that would be grounds for delaying the election in that electoral division. So in that scenario, the chief electoral officer would make an application to the court of the King's bench. The decision is ultimately with the court, uh, but once accepted, a new election date would be set within six months uh, and you would vote uh, in a new election similar to a by-election. Thanks, Robin. And for those who are listening online, if you would like to submit a question, you can do so anytime by just putting it in the online portal. Our next listener is Erin, who submitted the question online, and it says, Will regular medical centers and offices be open when we are able to re-enter our community? So I'll ask Darcy Garchinsky with Alberta Health Services to please go ahead. Thank you for your question, Erin. Communities allowing re-entry are in varying states of readiness for providing health programs and services at this time. Right now, we are unable to determine an, an estimated time for when these health facilities will open fully. We will know more in the days to come and will keep everyone informed through the AHS website at ahs.ca slash wildfire or through local media and through AHS social media channels. Um, for your particular community. So I invite you to check those out and to uh, listen in through your local media for updates. Thank you. Thanks, Darcy. Our next question that was submitted online from Jonathan says, did the rain over the weekend help reduce the risk of fires? Are we in the clear? So I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Oh, good evening, Jonathan. Uh, it, it, is, it does help somewhat. It certainly does. Uh, we have different uh, levels of fuels, uh, you know, fine grasses and, and larger trees, and, and they take different amounts of, of rain to really remove uh, the, the um, ability for them to sort of catch fire and spread. Uh, but certainly having a few uh, days of, of solid uh, rain in particular areas 
does reduce the wildfire risk a lot. And that is why we're, we're taking the steps across the forest protection area south of the, of the northern boreal. So that's the high level forest area and the, and the Fort McMurray forest area. Uh, and we're going to uh, reduce the fire ban to a fire restriction because of those lowered uh, danger of, of wildfire. So uh, the places that are exemptions, again, that are just staying with the fire ban that we've had in place because we've seen these extreme temperatures and the extreme fire danger, uh, those are the high level forest area, the Fort McMurray forest area, and actually um, uh, the area around Yellowhead County. So those are where we're maintaining the current uh, fire ban and off-highway vehicle restriction in place because uh, we have active wildfires there and they haven't received quite the same amount of, of rain as some of the other areas in the province. So we're always looking very closely at conditions uh, because we want to avoid any additional human-caused wildfires. So certainly the rain does make a difference and it does help out our firefighters who are out working on those fires. It gives them more of an opportunity to really make progress on the work on the ground, reinforcing fire guards in your communities and going through and turning over some of the hot spots on the interior inside the perimeter of the fires. So there's, a, there's certainly a lot of help that the rain will give us. And, uh, and we're reflecting that in being able to make progress on a lot of these fires. And, and we've already seen a number of communities able to return home this week because of the advice that they've uh, received on the fires near their communities. So uh, the rain is welcome and we will continue to work hard, but we're certainly a long way from the end of fire season. Thanks very much for that, Christy. And for those who are listening online, if you would like to get in the queue to ask a question, you can do so by pressing star three right now or at any time. The next question comes from John in Swan Hills on the phone tonight. And John says, I phoned an insurance company today regarding renter's insurance. I do not currently have this. I was told that they are not selling insurance to anyone in fire affected areas. Are we being denied new insurance policies in fire affected areas? So I'll ask Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. Hi, John. I applaud you for being proactive and trying to get tenants insurance, which is a way to help protect your property and your contents. And I can sense that you'd be a bit frustrated that you want to get insurance, but you're not able to based on the community that you're in. These restrictions in these fire impacted areas are temporary. So as the threat eases for the wildfires and the, the wildfire fighters are doing their jobs and getting things under control, which we know they're working very, very hard to be able to do, the threat eases and the insurance goes back to normal where you're able to purchase it. What you can do is if you want to deal with a specific insurance representative, is you can ask them to contact you when these restrictions are lifted. We do know that some communities are getting these restrictions lifted because the threat has eased significantly in many of the areas around the province. John, be patient. As the fire get under control, we're going to see insurance go back to normal and you'll be able to purchase insurance for your contents and for your goods. Thanks for the question, John. 
Thanks for that, Rob. Our next question is submitted from Jordan, who's listening online. And the question says, if I have any property damage when I get back that I do not think is from the wildfire, do I need to file a report with the police? So I'll ask Peter Tufik with the Alberta RCMP to please go ahead. Yeah, thanks for the question. Um, you know, I can share that we are prepared to take calls for service if people discover crimes or suspect that crimes have occurred uh, over the course of the evacuation. I will ask that people consider using our online crime reporting tool to report crime. You can access that through the Alberta RCMP app that's available on both Android or Apple or online through the Alberta RCMP website. If it is an emergency, please call 911. Uh, but, you know, we do encourage people to report crime. We take in those uh, reports and we have ways of processing uh, that information and tracking the information so that we can determine if there's any trends or any patterns that we're responding to. But thanks for the question. Thanks for that, Peter. The next question is submitted from Shane, listening online. And Shane says, what Indigenous mental health supports are available? So I'll ask my colleague, Evan Romano, with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction to please go ahead. Hi there, uh, Shane, thanks so much for the question. And yeah, there are absolutely a number of mental health supports uh, for Indigenous and, and First Nations communities across the province. Now, I, I didn't hear or didn't see if there was a specific community you were speaking to. And uh, I referenced that because we've had a lot of direct discussions with Indigenous Services Canada and with health directors and, and leadership uh, with chiefs and, and council members from communities uh, across the province uh, that have been impacted by wildfires. So the types of support, the types of additional resources and connections will vary. So I would encourage you to, to check with leadership, uh, potentially within your community, but regardless where, where you and others might be, there is access to an Indigenous uh, support line. It's operated by Alberta Health Services, but uh, you'll be able to find some very targeted uh, supports, um, including uh, with cultural sensitivity and, and different uh, language uh, capabilities from the health professionals who answer the support line. And so I'll give the, the phone number. It's one eight four four. 944-4744. Now it's uh, available from noon to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. That's the uh, Indigenous support line through Alberta Health Services. But I'd also just in encourage you to, to access any number of supports across the province, uh, mental health or, or social service related. You can also uh, reach out to 211 and they'll be able to put you in contact with a number of different community organizations uh, wherever you might be. Wishing you all the, the best in accessing supports in your community. Thanks, Evan. And for anyone who hasn't had a chance yet and would like to join the conversation by asking a question, you can do so right now by pressing star three on your phone. The next question is submitted from Tracy and Edson. And Tracy says, what is the status of the fire in Edson today? How many kilometers is it from town? I'll have my colleague Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, please go ahead. Good evening, Tracy. Uh, the Pembinet complex is still at 14 kilometers from Edson and we continue to see low fire behavior on that fire, uh, thanks in part to, to the weather. Um, 
they do have a significant uh, number of resources working on that complex. We have 132 firefighters and an incident management team uh, be, that's sharing responsibility for, for fighting all of the fires on that complex. 42 pieces of heavy equipment and 13 helicopters that are available to, to assist on that. And uh, the weather conditions did approve somewhat today, uh, allowing them to uh, continue suppression uh, activities. And um, there was rain and received in parts of the fire and that uh, really, uh, really um, slows down the fire behavior. So, so not much activity there. Uh, but some areas of the fire that may not have received as much uh, rain, uh, they may have a bit more fire uh, activity. But uh, overall, expecting minimal fire behavior on the majority of those fires and crews are continuing to work on existing um, uh, fire lines there and, and help to, uh, to build a fire guard for the community. And they're constructing additional uh, fire guard on the north and northeast perimeters there. So uh, we have been able to have uh, aircraft in the ground, uh, I mean, sorry, in the air, and, uh, and the ground uh, crews were working today since the weather conditions made it a little easier for them to fly on that fire. Thanks so much for that, Christy. Our next question comes from Sam, listening online, and the question says, I'm a small business owner and I'm wondering if there is someone I can talk to or where there are resources specifically for businesses that have been affected by these fires. So I'll have my colleague Scott Beebe with the Department of Jobs, Economy and Northern Development. Please go ahead. Thank you for that question, Sarah. And we understand that getting back to business as soon as possible is important for small business owners and the communities in which they serve. So in a situation like this, insurance is the first line of support for businesses after a disaster. And most business insurance policies cover fire damage. So I encourage you to speak to your insurance broker or insurance representative to determine what coverages are available to you. I would also encourage you to check out BizConnect. This is the government program that provides wayfinding services to assist business owners in navigating services and supports that are available through the government and partner organizations. You can reach BizConnect through www.alberta.ca slash BizConnect. As well, our partner organization, BusinessLink, provides free advice and referrals and business supports that can be reached at 1-800-272-9675. Thank you for your question. Thanks for that, Scott. Our next question comes from Fred, and Fred's question says, I have smoke damage to my things in the place that I'm renting. Will my tenant insurance cover this, or should I go through the homeowner? So I'll ask Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. Thank you for the question. And the owner of the belongings that have smoke damage, that's the person that needs to go through their insurance policy. So home and tenant insurance policies commonly cover fire as well as smoke damage to your contents. So the actual smoke damage, depending on the severity, they might be able to be cleaned. So you wanna make sure that you're using a reputable person that understands smoke damage and knows how to 
clean it properly. And a reminder that the landlord is not responsible for the tenant's belongings. If the tenant owns their own belongings, they're responsible for utilizing their insurance for their contents. Hope that answers your question. Thanks for that, Rob. Our next question is submitted from Janelle, listening online. And the question says, I heard there are some new firefighters coming today. Where are they from and where are they helping out? So I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Good evening, Janelle. Yes, uh, we've just had 80 firefighters arrive from the United States yesterday. We had 25 arrive today from New Zealand, and there's 200 nearly coming in over the weekend from Australia. Uh, we have a mix there of the people who are coming to help of, of skill sets. So we do have firefighting crews, we have incident management teams, and we do have some, some single resource specialists that we're going to be able to use um, for example, in, in air support, people supervising heavy equipment, helicopter coordinators, uh, a lot of different kinds of jobs so the specialist skills that, that we need uh, extra assistance with. So uh, they are basically going to be spread out throughout the province uh, in groups or split up as, as single crews uh, sent out. And they're going to be able to, to help alleviate uh, some of the pressure or some of those other um, visiting crews who have been out there for quite a while now. Uh, we do have agreements with other uh, provinces and other countries in place that allow us to share uh, resources um, when we need them, and, and we certainly uh, share both ways. Uh, I know a number of our firefighters uh, spent the Christmas of 2019 in Australia assisting them uh, with their bushfires that they were having, having there. So it is something that we have been able to use uh, because of this extraordinary wildfire season. It is something that every wildfire agency does use. And uh, we will be able to continue to sort of draw on those resources if the wildfire season uh, extends um, at this intensity uh, for much longer. But certainly, even if the, um, the activity that we've seen so far dies down significantly, which of course we, we hope it uh, will, it will be a long fight as far as putting out uh, those fires, extinguishing them completely. But Certainly a lot of work will be done down on the ground uh, for the next few weeks with the assistance of these resources and these uh, firefighters who are coming in to help us from overseas. Thanks for that, Christy. Our next question is submitted from Hannah and it says, there've been air quality ratings on the news. Can you explain what this means? So I'll ask my colleague, MC Bouchard, with Environment and Protected Areas to please go ahead. Yes, thank you. And uh, good question. It's an important question. I'm sure many other people are wondering about this. So air quality is continuously monitored in Alberta and globally. Um, in this uh, case, uh, given the situation at hand, we currently have over 200 air quality monitor monitoring stations um, across the province that is continuously collecting data on the air quality. Given the wildfires, the parameter of concern is small particulate matter in the air. Uh, but to make it easy to understand for Albertans, uh, what we report on is actually an air quality health index that helps Albertans make decisions 
on uh, the uh, activities that they may want to uh, avoid uh, while outside, depending on their personal health status. So it's a helpful way uh, to understand the air quality in your region and what you actually should do about it. So if you want to see the air quality in your region, you can go uh, to our uh, website, airquality.alberta.ca, all spelled out. And I uh, hope that will help you understand um, how we uh, monitor air quality on behalf of Albertans and help you uh, make uh, good decisions. Thank you. And thanks so much for that, MC. Our next question is submitted from Trisha, listening online. And the question says, do you have advice for those of us who are re-entering our communities? What should I expect when I'm going back? So I'll ask my colleague, Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. Hi, thanks for that question. Really good question. So the first thing I'll say is what I think people get sick of me saying, but if you have questions like this um, and don't have time to take notes from what I'm about to tell you, I encourage you to go to alberta.ca slash emergency. We actually have a whole section on reentry with some some items to think about. So the, the first thing that we think when we're going into reentry is do I have official clearance to go in? So we wanna make sure we have the right information that it's safe for me to go into at the allotted time because most local authorities try to do this in a very coordinated fashion to make sure that people can come in and out safely during those times. Um, one of the pieces is also prepare yourself. I'm not sure where you live and, and hopefully everything will be okay when you come in, but your community might not look the same depending how you were um, impacted by the, the fire. So just preparing yourself a little bit for that and some of the other reactions that might be for your loved ones or other people coming in. Um, following uh, all the, the instructions given to you by the local authority is really important. Uh, and then when you get to your home is making sure you're doing things in a safe way to re-enter depending how long you've been out. So if you've been out for some time and there's been any issues with utilities such as power or electricity, um, you might have some odd smells and things in your house. So I think just making sure you're doing a big safety check before uh, you know, maybe you have small children or other people vulnerable running around the house to make sure that um, all your, the hazards are removed. If you have issues with fridges and freezers perhaps that have not had power, things like that, you're gonna have to get some assistance pretty quickly to work through that. Um, so once with that too, just making sure all your utilities are intact. So you have power, you have gas, which local authorities are really making sure that should be intact for the community before people come back, but you never know. Um, and then the next step kind of is to assess if there's any property damage, to have a look around, um, see what's going on, taking photos, doing things like that. Um, and then I'm sure my colleague Rob could probably give some more information there from an insurance bureau perspective, if there's any issues there to connecting in with your insurance company or otherwise about next steps. And if there's anything really concerning from a safety perspective is to call the authorities in. So this might mean calling back in your local authority, whether it's the, the fire department or your law enforcement um, to make sure things are safe if there's any concerns and if in doubt is to leave and, and contact local authorities to help support you there. But hopefully the vast majority of Albertans have been able to go home with, with no major issues, um, but it's just take it slow, make sure you're prepared and you're reaching back out to the local authorities or others as needed for assistance. Thanks, Bree. And I will check with our colleague Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to see if he has any additional advice for Tricia 
who has asked about advice for those um, who are re-entering and what should I expect. If you have anything more to share about the insurance side of things, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you for the question, Tricia. Bree did an excellent job of sharing information, and the first thing that you want to remember is to keep you and your family safe. Depending on your specific situation, if there's any damage to your home, damage to electrical, that's something that you want to make sure that you're getting a proper person in to do the necessary repairs. You also want to take a look inside of your fridge or freezer. If there was a power outage, sometimes there could be food spoilage and your insurance policy covers not only your additional living expense, it also covers food spoilage as a result of power outage and also covers fire and smoke damage to your property. So take a good look around when you first get in, take pictures of the damage, make a list of all the damaged items as well and reach out to your insurance provider right away to start that claims process. They'll assign an adjuster and they'll help work with you through your claims process. Hope that helps, Tricia. Thanks so much for that additional information, Rob. And if you haven't had a chance and you would still like to ask a question, there is time for a few more this evening. So you can do so by pressing star three on your phone or by entering it into the online portal if you're listening online. The next question comes from Tristan in the online portal. And the question says, are the RCMP helping communities with the re-entry? So I'll ask Peter Tufik with the Alberta RCMP to please go ahead. Yeah, thanks for the question. Um, I'll just say the RCMP works closely with your local government in emergencies like this one, and the Alberta RCMP detachments have members ready uh, for re-entry into your communities. And, and I can share that we've had no significant concerns noted so far um, during re-entry. We are prepared to take calls for service if people discover crimes that have occurred over the course of the evacuation. And I said to one, one of the earlier questions, please consider using our online crime reporting tool that you can find either on the RCMP uh, app or on our website. Uh, we are actively monitoring calls for service during reentry, and we're prepared to respond to any trends or issues that develop through that process. Um, you know, whether that relates to traffic management um, or if we need uh, our specialized units like our crime reduction teams or partnerships that we have across social services, health and addictions that we can leverage to really address a broad range of issues that may emerge uh, during reentry. Um, I can tell you that as of today, the Alberta RCMP has 104 people, personnel currently deployed to the wildfire efforts to supplement uh, our frontline resources. So we have the policing resources to, to ensure community safety through this emergency and through that reentry. But thank you for your question. Thanks very much for that, Peter. The next question comes from Denise and says, it's hard to be back after being evacuated. What suggestions do you have for mental health for my family as we're just adjusting to being back home? So I'll ask my colleague Evan Romano with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction to please go ahead. 
Great. Thanks for the question. And absolutely, I, I think going through this incredibly difficult situation uh, that you and, and many others are, are facing, it's certainly quite normal to, to experience stress and anxiety and, and have concerns about mental well-being going forward. So it's, it's good to, to be reaching out and there are lots of supports that you'll be able to, to access. Uh, to identify wherever you are in the province, uh, different uh, social uh, as well as health and mental health supports would point you to 211. Uh, it's uh, an online uh, or available by text or, or telephone service that is answered by highly trained specialists to be able to refer you to a helplines or online database of various community services across the province. So you can call 211, text info, I-N-F-O, to 211 or visit them online. And one of the types of services that they'll be able to refer you to, and it would be a great one to, to reach out and have a conversation and, and ask for, for help and, and share what you're going through, would be through a virtual counselling service offered by Counselling Alberta. Counselling Alberta offers a, a low-cost and subsidized virtual counselling service. Uh, and they also have partners across the province for in-person counselling in, in various communities and connections through evacuation centres. So you can visit Counselling Alberta online or you can call them at 1-833-827-4230. Or if you don't remember that number, you can just call 211 and they'll be able to refer you to other supports. So wishing you and, and your family certainly the best in the days ahead and, and know that there are lots of resources to reach out to uh, for help. Thanks very much, Evan. The next question is from Melissa, listening online. And Melissa says, how close is the fire to Swan Hills today? So I'll ask my colleague, Christy Tucker, with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Good evening, Melissa. Um, well, the good news is that the fire has not moved. It's uh, the closest one is currently 16 kilometers away from Swan Hills. It is still classified as, as burning out of control, but we've seen low fire behavior on that fire. It's 123,670 hectares in size. Uh, on the northwest portion of the fire, firefighters have been uh, working on extinguishing hotspots, particularly closest to the Banana Belt and East Prairie Métis settlement areas. And they've been using heavy equipment to complete 85% um, of the fire guard on the southeast end of the wildfire. So significant work going on that fire. Uh, heavy equipment is going to continue to build fire guard on the east side of, of that wildfire heading north. So uh, lots of work continuing. Uh, the good news is that it has not been active. It has not uh, shown any, any significant uh, growth or movement. And they've had good visibility today so able to get uh, aircraft up in the air and uh, and do patrols uh, around that fire uh, get a better a better view of it and and exactly uh, where it's moving and and low activity as i said on that fire uh, thanks in part to some of the um, some of the precipitation and and humidity we've got in the province uh, along with the lower temperatures which is uh, giving firefighters a lot of help on a significant number of these fires Thanks very much for that, Christy. Our next question is submitted online from Alex and says, I lost my provincial ID when I evacuated. What can I use to vote? So I'll ask Robin Bell with Elections Alberta to please go ahead. 
Thanks, Sarah, and great question. Uh, so if you don't have ID, there are still options available to you. Um, I'd first encourage you to visit our website and the ID requirements page. Um, so if you don't have your driver's license or ID card, under the two pieces of ID section, you can see all of the documents that we accept. And if you don't have those with you, think about what you might be able to access online. So some examples could be a utility bill, a bank statement, your income tax statement, or even correspondence from an educational institution if you're a student. Uh, if you own a vehicle and you have it with you, your vehicle ownership or registration certificate is another option. Uh, if you don't have access to any of those forms of ID, you may have been evacuated to the same location as someone that can vouch for you. So that person needs to reside in the same voting area as you and does need to have ID. If that's still not an option for you, uh, just give us a call at our call center and we can work with you one-on-one -on -one to help find a solution. And that number is 1-877-422-8683. Thanks very much, Robin. Our next question comes from Julie and says, where can I get information on schools opening when I'm allowed to go back to my community? So I'll ask my colleague, Kindy Joseph, in the Department of Education to please go ahead. Um, thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Julie, for the question. Uh, school leaders have been working really closely with local community uh, emergency response coordinators um, as communities are reopening. And so what they do is uh, assess the facilities as they get ready to reopen to make sure that the school environment is safe for children and uh, staff and students. This includes things like um, making sure that the, the water is running, that the air intake is functioning, and that they have power to the school uh, for those communities where those things may have been disrupted. The best place for you to get information on a school opening is from your school. So look for the, you know, use the phone number that you were using in the past to contact your school, uh, the website, uh, Facebook, or any other mechanisms that your school uses to stay in touch with families. Um, so, in, in short, uh, stay in contact with your school or your school authority to get the most up-to-date information for your school. Thanks for the question. Thanks for that, Kindy. Our next question comes in online from Ethan and says, how many people are still evacuated right now? And is there still a state of emergency for all of Alberta? So I'll ask my colleague Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. So great question uh, again. So right now uh, we have approximately 5,379 people evacuated. Um, there are currently seven evacuation orders, uh, 21 states of local emergencies in place and five band council resolutions. And yes, the province is still under a state of emergency. Thanks very much, Bree. The next question is submitted from Rebecca and says, will my host insurance cover expenses to help me pre get prepared to leave if I am under an evacuation alert? So I'll ask Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. Thank you for the question. And yes, your home insurance is there to assist you with your additional living expenses if you're placed under mandatory evacuation order. So home, condominium, unit owner, 
and tenant insurance policies cover these additional living costs. So these are costs like accommodations, so hotel costs or laundry facilities if you have to use a laundromat. Now, I would like to remind everyone that if you are evacuated and if you're able to qualify for the Alberta government's emergency evacuation support, that those and this payment is completely separate from your insurance policy. So you can make a claim if you qualify for the emergency evacuation payment, and you can make a claim under your home insurance for your additional living expenses. The emergency funding provided by the government will not be deducted from any of your insurance claim because they are separate. So take a look at your insurance policy, make sure that you know the claims phone number for who you would need to reach out to in the event that you're evacuated and you'll be able to start that process right away. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Rob. Our final question of the evening is submitted from Emma listening online and it says, I know there is lots of information on smoke, but will our water be safe to drink when we go home? So I'll ask Darcy Garjinski with Alberta Health Services to please go ahead. Thank you very much, Emma, for the question. Most Albertans receive their water from municipal water systems. Municipal water systems have processes in place to monitor and treat issues like increased turbidity, microbial growth, and any chemical byproducts of disinfection. If an issue arises within a municipal system, Alberta Environment and Parks will notify AHS and we will assess the risk. A boil water advisory may be issued to impacted residents if deemed necessary. If you receive your water from a private system, your risk would depend on your water source and how it is treated. Microbial disinfection is important for water systems with contamination from soot. Modern firefighting chemicals are generally safe and break down in the environment. Private homeowners on protected wells and cisterns are at lower risk. However, private homeowners located on dugouts or other forms of surface water should speak to a water treatment consultant or a health inspector to help them assess their risk and determine next steps. Other risks are variable and depend on the surrounding areas. Wells located near intensive agriculture or industry will have additional risk factors. These homeowners should also be advised to consult a water professional or AHS environmental public health. Therefore, I invite you for more information to again, look on the ahs.ca slash wildfire website. Thank you, Emma. Thanks for that, Darcy, and thank you to everyone for participating tonight and submitting your questions to the experts. We hope that you were able to find the information you're looking for through this conversation. If you're still looking for more information about the wildfires and ongoing support for evacuees, I encourage you to visit alberta.ca slash emergency or to call 310-4455.
Thank you to our many experts for hosting this telephone town hall, including my colleagues across the government of Alberta, and specifically our partners in this conversation, including Alberta Wildfire, the Alberta Management Agency, the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Alberta Health Services, the RCMP, Counseling Alberta, and Elections Alberta. We will be back again on Saturday, May 27th from 7 until 8 p.m. to keep answering your important questions. Thank you again for joining us. Stay safe and good night.